You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Hey, thanks for listening. Ryan, it's a joy always looking at you. That's nice. Thank you. You're going out of town, so um, yes. we're getting some work done today. We're Here doing we a couple of uh, episodes today, a couple ads, a couple of uh, Yeah, no, no big news, better break. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what was I going to say? Hey, thanks for making our podcast your podcast this week. Um, I know there's a lot of choices out there. But you made ours your choice, and we appreciate that. If you really like this episode, if you're a big Katie Lotts fan, we urge you to give the podcast another chance. Listen to it. If you liked it, why not? If you're like, wow, that was a really fun interview. I really liked that interview. Well, let's give it one more chance. <laughs> uh, tell us the uh, handles that you could follow us on, Ryan. Uh, at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So follow us. Uh, there's an Inside of You online store. You can get cool merch, autographs, all that stuff. There's uh, my band, Sunspin. You go to sunspin.com for band merch and all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to be going to some cons. July 10th, 11th, and 12th, I'll be in Illinois, Metropolis, the Superman celebration. Tom Welling and I will be there in Illinois, Metropolis, Illinois. It's really a place called Metropolis, Illinois. I've driven through it. Yeah. Yeah, it's off, um, what is that? Highway interstate, the 80? I wouldn't remember I think it's that. The 80. But it's not too far from where I grew up, I don't think. I, I drove from Indiana. Nashville back to California through that way. Really? Yeah, it was fun. It's a good little Metropolis, trip. Metropolis, yeah. Illinois. It's in that bottom. I hung out with Margot Kidder in Metropolis, Illinois one year. We gambled together, God rest her soul. But we're going to be doing the Smallville Nights. Supposedly, we've already sold a whole bunch of tickets, so people are going to come see us do a show, a two-man show, which is a lot of fun. It's called Smallville Nights on uh, Saturday night, June 11th. And I'll be signing June 11th and 12th, as will Tom. And then we're off to Australia. Australia. Yeah, down under, mate. So if you want to get uh, tickets to come see us, uh, we'll be signing uh, autographs and doing shows uh, June 18th. And oh, also in, in Sydney. And then June 25th in Perth. Both those weekends. And uh, Smallville Nights and all that stuff. So if you're around. Also, become one of my lovable patrons. Join Patreon. Uh they support the podcast. I love them. They give back in many ways. And there's like different tiers and you can get all sorts of cool perks and merch. And go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash inside of you. And I will message you back after you join. I hope you become a patron. Anyway, let's get into this episode. Uh, I thought it was really fun. I really loved in, uh, talking with Katie Lots. Yeah. Uh, I liked her a lot. <laughs> She, uh, I bet you have, I bet you've heard that one, haven't you, Katie? Uh, it was really fun. She was very open, and uh, I've been trying to get her for a while, and our, our schedules didn't match up. And we finally got her in house, right here in front of me. <laughs> it was, it was a good time. Didn't you enjoy her? She was great. She was. She was really fun. She's sarcastic. She's smart. Uh, we talk about her directing her, her life. Uh, we get personal. We always do. So, without further ado. Let's get into Katie. Let's get inside of Katie Lots. <laughs> it's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Well, something happened, folks. If you're listening now, you'll you'll kind of. Well, Katie, why don't you tell them what happened? Uh, the card was full. <laughs> so basically we got, well, I think, what, five minutes and then... Ten. And Katie here, Katie Lotz, who I'm talking with, she def- I definitely saw the director in you. Because the first thing you said, well, well, let's just roll and let's just do it. I saw this calmness about you that it's okay. It's a problem. Let's solve it. Let's start recording. Let's do this again. I could see it because now I know because everybody's like, you know, Brandon was telling Brandon Ralph was saying what a good director you were. And um, and I know it's something that you really love doing now. And who who got you into directing? What was the what was the thing that that kind of just where it took off? Um, Well, I mean, I guess I I shot a short film um, called Twin Turbo. Just Twin like, Turbo. Yeah, it was a, a fun thing. Uh, and and then that got me into the Warner Brothers directing program. Uh, and then after that, I was able to. And then I shadowed uh, James Bamford and, uh, and our producing director, Kevin Mock. Um, and then I directed for one of the episodes of Legends of Tomorrow. 
And what, then what's one. it what's it like directing? The first time you directed on set for Legends of Tomorrow was the first one? Yeah, first episode. Because you directed a couple, right? Uh, I've done three Legends and one Flash. Jeez. Has anyone else in the cast done any or done more than you? Um, more, no. But uh, Maisie, who used to be on the show, she's not anymore. She's directed. And then Jess McCallan as well has directed. Do we have any other actors? I think that was it. How did, how did you feel like the first time on set? Were you nervous? Be honest. Oh, I was so nervous. It's it's it, it was quite terrifying. Um, just because you you're not sure what is fully expected you or what you know how to how everything works. Um, I think the most nerve wracking part was always when it came to blocking, because you're like okay, and then everyone's just you know, and you're like having to communicate with everyone at the same time. You're the director. All eyes are on you. What are we doing? Yeah, and you're trying to explain to the actors, like, and hoping to try to, if you have some idea that you you want them to do. And um, so you're, especially on Legends, there's so many people. And, uh, you know, I like to design a lot of, like, camera movement things. I got, I got it now. I got it. Okay. <laughs> right. Good checking. I got it. All right. You said. <laughs> uh, and it just it kind of requires maybe specific movement from the actors and the camera and uh, it's kind of like like a dance and, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and um, it's just all eyes on you and everybody has all, all the questions and you know you're supposed to know all the answers and uh, it's do you yeah. ever say I don't know oh Let yeah me think about it. You, you do you're, you don't have your ego you put your ego you leave your ego at the front door I think in the beginning I was more uh, I didn't want to say I don't know because I didn't want to people it think I don't know what I'm doing or whatever, right? Yeah, or I just felt like as the director, it is my obligation to know, and like so, I should know um, because it's my responsibility. And right. now, way more often, like especially I noticed this time on Flash, you know, with. There was a question it it would be and I didn't know. I would be like, I don't know, help help me figure this one out. Or what do you think? Um and I think that's also really helpful with with actors too if you say like you need something or you don't know how to something's not working but you're not sure how to fix it and to just be like I'm not sure how to make this work. Like yeah. can you help me figure out this? And everybody then is also kind of then gets to shine a bit too so people can offer something that maybe you weren't thinking of. It's also like, um, cause I, I got to direct, I directed a feature and I directed an episode of Smallville and a short as well. And I remember the one thing I hated as an actor was when a director came, okay, so you're gonna be over here and you're gonna be over here and you're gonna take your glass and you're gonna walk on. I'm like, whoa, 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 bro. I'm not doing, I mean, let's, let's talk about this. Yeah. Why am I going there? What's my motivation? Not just because as a director, you go, hmm, he'll go over there. Yeah, yeah. And actors don't like that. At least I don't. Some don't give a shit. Some are like, put me wherever you want. I don't care. Yeah. And that's the hard thing, too. It's like you, it's different for every show and it's different for every actor. How, because some actors are like, just just tell me, tell me where to stand. Like, tell me where to stand. They don't I, care. Yeah. And like, the, if you get too like, ugh, it's like, don't stop. <laughs> Just tell me where to stand. Uh, and then there's other actors who really want like the, you know, the reasoning behind everything. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's, you know, like if you want the actor to go over there, then put some prop that you want them to pick up for something and place right, it there, right. whatever it is. Have you had toughies? Um, People that you're just like, oh my gosh, they don't trust me. Because in the beginning, when it's your first time directing, you're like, oh, Katie Lott, she's directing. Or Michael Rosenbaum, he's directing the episode. The other actors, whether they tell you or not, are going, huh, can she do this? Can he do this? Can, do they have the, are they gonna make my, is my performance gonna suffer because they're not giving me what I need? There's all these things that you're probably, they're probably thinking. Yeah, I, I think I had built up a lot of goodwill with uh, the, the cast and the crew. So it was, it was a friendly set and I think people, you know, trusted me um, already because they 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 knew me. Right. Uh, there was definitely like I think it was a little harder with some of the camera team. Um, How so? Um, if them feeling like you know what you're doing, 
and that you are worthy of being in that position? Uh, or are you just like an actor that's being appeased and mm. getting this, you know, huge opportunity and it's not fair? Um, and people that have been in the industry for a very, very long time. And I think a lot of times, too, if when you want to do something different, then it's and people have been doing it for a long time and everything's been done that way for a long time. It's like, that's not how you do it. This is not, and it's like, I, I know, but this is why, you know, I'm here is so we can do things, maybe try something right. different. And, um, but it's also, it makes sense. You need to earn people's uh, respect. Yeah. You might not have it right away, but, um, but then you just earn it. I, I, I know what it's like the, the first time you direct on an episode of with other actors that you've been working with. And I just, I, I was not going to do it. I was too nervous. Like, fuck, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could do this in my head. I didn't tell anybody else. I was like, you know what? I don't need to prove myself. I don't need to do this. I don't need to. So I was starting to do that. And I walk into the makeup trailer and Steve Oban, who's the wardrobe guy at the time, wardrobe who I adore, goes, I said something. He was like, well, everybody knows you're not going to direct. Everybody knows you're going to not, you're not going to do it. You're going to like, you're going to say, fuck it. And you're like, and I go, oh, really? That's that's what it took. It took someone's disbelief in me. Is that the right word? Disbelief in me? It works. <laughs> All right, well, fine. Uh, and I went outside and I go, you have to do it now. You have to prove to all these people that you can do it. And, you know, prove it to yourself. And I felt like I there were, you know, I felt like I knew how to talk to actors. I knew how to, you know, get good performances. But the technical stuff, you know, and you have this team around you. Thank God. It's not like you're directing your first thing and you're like, the camera guy doesn't know me. I'm not, he's not, he's been doing these episodes, the lighting, the makeup, all these things are there for you to make it easier. Right. Mm -hmm. So then going off and doing your own thing, it's, it's a little different because it's a little raw. It's like you're hiring everybody. Oh my God. It's so much. Yeah. That, that, that to me, the whole benefit of working in television is like, you come on and you just get to be the director. You're not having to produce and figure out like craft services and hire all these things. It's like you just go, ooh, I would love to have, you know, this prop or this set. And then everybody's like, great, let's make it happen. And like that right. team is already put together to just make those things happen, which is amazing. Yeah. Have you had that moment where you're just like, as many moments I'm sure as you had where they're like, oh, fuck, I didn't, I should have done this. I should have done that. Do you ever, do you ever, well, go answer that. You're going to answer that. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course, all the time. <laughs> I think. When is it, when does it occur to you? Does it occur to you on set sometimes? Or does it occur to you when you're watching dailies? Um, both. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of watching dailies unless I need to. Um, but. Let the editor call you and say, uh, we need this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I usually always have everything we need. It's just sometimes it's like, oh, that could have been, I'll think of some a cooler shot later or a transition or right. something that I could have done that I didn't do, that I wish I did. Um, which, and yeah, and I think, you know, part of it too is like you have to just like be decisive on things and just mm -hmm. keep moving forward and you don't have a lot of time. Um, so that, that stuff when you're, when you're rushing and, is is just bound to happen yeah how how many moments do you have where you're like i'm good i'm fucking good this was a good moment i was really a good director today do you have those moments where you feel very competent very sure sure of yourself um wow you're really hard on yourself if you have to think about this you're incredibly <laughs> fucking hard on yourself well i'm just I was trying to think like uh yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know. No, maybe. But I think I'm good at it. Like I'm not to be like You do. Uh, Somebody said are you a good director? You'd say yes. You yeah. wouldn't hesitate. I I think I do have uh like a knack for it. I think that What is it? What is it about if you said somebody said why do you say you're good at? What is it that you think why you think you're good? Um or have potential to be like, you know. Uh oh, we're all working hard. You want to get better and better in yeah. experience, right? Um, I think I have a good balance of like right and left brain. So I, I can be very creative and, and have all of those things, but I also 
understand like getting things done in a certain amount of time and being efficient and uh, all the other elements that come with directing that have are about, you know, leading the, the team as well, um, being a leader on set. So I think directing is very much like you got to have both sides, uh, not just being creative and not just being, you know, logistically figuring things out. It's like kind of having both. Um, so I think I kind of have both of those sides. Inside of you is brought to you by Netflix. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn serial rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy, greats including melissa mccarthy jim gaffigan hugh grant amy schumer max greenfield christian slater sarah cooper bill burr and many more friday may 3rd only on netflix inside of you is brought to you by shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business this is an amazing platform i use it on both podcasts it has worked wonders for me. It's so amazing how easy it is to navigate. If you want to sell products, T-shirts, soap scents, whatever whatever it is, Ryan, you want to sell, this is the way to do it. Uh, you can see what your best seller is right there, analytics, uh, how much you're making this month, uh, what products are selling the best. It's really fantastic. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Do you ever lose your cool? Um... Have you ever just been like, shut the fuck up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? But uh, sometimes that to me, it's not even losing cool. It's just like what's necessary in the moment. Right. <laughs> if if it's, you know, like things are out of hand, it's like sometimes you have to, it's like real things back in. And if doing it like, okay, guys, like, okay, guy, everybody, like isn't working, like you, then you got to do right. what works. And is it, do you, do you find that you have different ways of directing to different actors like oh brandon brandon could take direction i'll give it to him this way he could i could be hard on him and he could just he can go with it this one i need to coddle a little bit this one do you find that oh for sure for sure um it's kind of like too especially the some some actors want to know why they you know and they want that explanation and they want to get into the 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 feelings and all the stuff behind it and other actors are like you know you should do it because sometimes too it's like if you need say you want the uh, an actor to do the line facing turn like you want them to do the line facing this way right because if they turn over their shoulder like that you have a whole nother setup you have to turn around yes. and get that line <sighs> and it's going to take you know and you and if you don't have that time you need them to say it that way and so it's some actors you're like Hey, we're gonna get out of here way faster if if you play that line forward. The Boom, actors done. that kind of know what they're doing, they'll say those things. Yeah, I think a, a lot of actors who've been in TV for a long time, uh, it's they they can rationalize it and do it themselves easily. Um, yeah. Other actors do not want to hear about camera. 
don't do not it's insulting to be you know like hey can you throw that line like for this way for you know it's like you you need to be like you know i actually think you know that you're so mad at them right now they don't even want to look at them and so you know it's like don't even like it's you can't even they don't even deserve your your eye contact right. you know whatever it is it's there was something i, I forgot like who maybe it was Cindy LeMay's book or but there was a direction about he needed the actress to uh, fire a gun and she was doing it so quick and it was like, couldn't even see it. But you could tell that actor like, hey, you're going so fast, like we can't even see you. So just, you know, um, be slow up there, al- slow it down and be up there longer. Or you tell the actress like, you need to make sure you really get a good aim because you can't just fire it without taking aim. So make sure you've got, you know, you lock eyes before you fire. And now ah. that actress, instead of being like, boom, it's, you know, she's coming up and actually has something to do. Motivation. Yeah, which yeah. is such a gift because that then, you know, and if you can communicate something like that quickly, uh, I think every actor would prefer that than the, you know, just being like, camera needs you longer because then they have to come up with their own justification. But it's it's hard, sometimes hard to think of a concise way to say things. And so- a lot of times directors, if you're like, oh, I'd, you know, because you don't want to look at that person and, and, you know, and it's too long. Um, right. But if you can be concise about everything, I think everyone would always prefer a, an action to, you know, kind of do. You really love it. I could tell your passion. You just like when you're talking about it, when you're, it's it just, you could see it, how much of a passion you have for it. I, it's cool. I think it, I needed the challenge too, after being, playing this character for so long. Um, Sarah I, Lance. Yeah, Sarah Lance. Right. Lance. Um, Sarah Lance. Sarah Lance. And I, I needed uh, to be creatively uh, stimulated and challenged. And directing is incredibly challenging. Overstimulation. It's. I mean, it's so much work. Um, it's so much work. It, it really is. And I think, I'm assuming it gets easier the better you get because you just, <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, whereas right now it's like, I really think everything through. Um, and so it's just a lot of, and, and there's just so little time to do it too, which is hard. Like I just directed an episode of flash and I got the script the first day of prep. Uh, so I, I read it and then it was like, I had my first meetings for prep and it's hard because you get on those meetings and it's most of prep. Anytime you're in a meeting, it's mostly for all the other departments for you to answer the questions and give you all the information. And so it's like, okay, well with this, like, do you think, you know, you're going to need like how many like VFX shots do you think you'll need for this? And I'm like, I have no idea. I literally just read this thing. Right, and, right. and so you, you got, there's so much and it's, you have to do like all of the work to know for me, it's like I want to have time to do think everything through because you know what camera equipment you want uh, for the type of shots that you want or the the prop. Like everything has to be pre-planned because if you get there on the day, it's like then you don't have the whatever it is that you need. Or yeah, you know, one of my friends, he was a producer on Smallville. I remember he said, I go, "Just give me some direction, give me some insight," because he's directed so many things. Greg Beeman. And I, he says, don't give an actor more than two notes at a time. And I go, why? Because most of them can't handle it. If you start, they start drifting off after the second one. They're 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 because they're thinking about the first and second. You're giving them too much information. And you're not going to get it. Get these two notes. Be clear about it. Just go, hey, just two things. Do this. Do this. Then the next take, you could say, okay, great. And get to that third and fourth thing. And it always was a great note for me because I didn't want to overnote someone. Is that something you had to learn? Um, I think in the beginning, I was a bit more, uh, I, I had a a very specific vision of things, like how I wanted it to be done. Mm -hmm. And when you do have that, then you have a lot more notes, uh, because you're trying to shape it into this thing that you want. Right. And, and I think as I started to do it more, I had, uh, less, I would have less notes because I was more just working with what they gave. And I would 
only if things that I more really needed story-wise. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it, it is, and some actors can handle a, note, a lot of notes, some no. none, and especially like with uh, blocking, like if you need, like that's sometimes really hard for people moving to, to places <laughs> yeah. uh, while they're doing things. Yeah, what about directing yourself? Uh, that is, I, it's not my favorite to do, uh, to act and direct at the same time because so much of the work is like done when you're sitting there behind a monitor and, and watching like, okay, I got that shot. I need, still need this and Ooh, that performance or whatever the camera move. And if I'm on camera, I can't see, but they have, they can't write you out of a show. They need you in there. Um, well, in the beginning, they, they wrote me out and like gave me a lot of time and it was awesome. I think I was like in one scene in my first episode. And then this, this last one, which was for the hundredth episode when I directed the hundredth. You directed the hundredth episode. Boy, mm-hmm. they must really believe in you to direct a hundredth <laughs> episode. Seriously. Um, that's pretty incredible. It was cool. It was, I felt really lucky. Um, but it was incredibly challenging because I was working a lot during prep. I was in the episode before. And I think maybe because the one before I was like, Oh, you know, this isn't so bad. Like I can, I could do this. And, but I, I lost a lot of my prep time or I was trying to prep in between, uh, takes on set. And so I just, I didn't get as much time. We had a a late script. Um, and it was in really, uh, technically challenging because we had like a lot of um, motion control stuffs with with the camera and you know one actor playing two people. I had a scene with like sixteen actors in it. Um, it was good lord. Son. But but like <laughs> I don't like I can't. There's not enough time. If I had enough time to go and watch playback, I would love it because I actually would prefer watching myself and I can go. Oh, I'm a, I, this would be better. This is the beat I'm missing, or I could, I like that too. Yeah, and I don't also mind watching them. There's so much of acting is is with the camera, what the camera catches. And I think in the beginning, I was like, to I was very, you know, like oh, it's just about being real, and um, and even now, like I actually watched uh, for I, we had. My boyfriend and I were watching Mad Men to just see this like '60s. We're trying to for something. And you were in that. And and we watched. I and I couldn't. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I couldn't watch it. But the like just seeing a little bit of it, I was like, wow, I am completely unaware of the camera. And which also I think is, is that good. Um, I think there is a there is like a, a rawness that's that's nice to uh, to it. Um, but. There's also things where I'm like, it would be better if you could see your face and, you know, things if you're, you're looking down and you're, cause you're thinking or you're emotional and this is where you would be, but it's like, no one cares. It like, <laughs> can't they see can't it, no see one, it. right. And so maybe that's what feels real, but like, this is going to come up so much better. And, yeah. um, I, I think I'm having the. I used to like pride myself on being like it's just raw and like it's not about the camera. And <laughs> but now I'm like no, I think having the technical, being able to keep that with a sense of the camera, um, is 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 better. Um. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Do you feel, I don't know, it, the way you talk about directing kind of makes me feel like you're going to eventually gravitate towards just directing and not act. Do you, do you love acting as much as you used to or you just you found a new love or, or you think you can do both? I think I can do both. Um, I always just follow whatever I'm curious about, like whatever I'm passionate about. It's always led me down the right roads. Um, 
And I never thought I would be an actor. I didn't that I'd start even thinking about it, really. I, How um, old were you when you started acting? I think I was 22. 22 when you started? Yeah. And how did that start? Um, well, I, so I came up to LA for dance and I was dancing. Um, and then I moved to Germany to be in this girl group. And so I was like kind of doing the backup dancing thing. And then I was, uh, in the forefront and then I came back and cause I was like, and the, the girls still wanted to do like the singing group. I'm like, look, this is not, isn't singing is not my gift to share with the world <laughs> um but you could dance and i could dance um and and i went on tour with avril lavigne and like how did that happen how do you just tour with avril lavigne do you audition for avril lavigne mm-hmm. so how many dance. girls audition for an avril lavigne video or uh, tour tour tours are always like tours are big ones for dancers so you get you get a lot of people um i don't i don't know how hard is it how many I mean, how many do they choose? How many? Well, maybe twenty. To- like that Total. to go on tour? Yeah. Oh, not even close. There's like, I don't know, four girls and four guys. So you were chosen at the four girls out of probably thousands. Yeah, I don't know how many thousands auditioned for Avril, maybe. Uh, but did you like her? Um, not particularly. Really? Did you not talk with her much? No, she was very. Uh, she wasn't very outgoing right um she didn't make much effort to to connect though i i guess i also didn't i've never been like a hey let's be friends yeah yeah so like, so you feel like it was partly your fault partly her fault probably no well i think i mean you've seen pictures where like she people fans pay like 500 dollars to take a picture with her or something and they like have to be like two feet away <laughs> Have you seen that? Only during the pandemic. No, I think this <laughs> no, was not have, a pandemic. No, no, I'm thing. saying in the pandemic, I can understand yes. two feet away, but. Um, wow. And I just kind of remember thinking, like, if you really like do not want to be around people that much, like, and don't want them touching you, like, then don't offer photos, ops. You know, right, like right. where you're going to be like, give me your money, but don't touch me. Um, <laughs> or maybe there's some. Who knows? I don't know. Like, who am I to judge what her reasonings are? But. But that's uh, just your experience. Yeah, she wasn't particularly friendly. Um, and there was her manager or whoever it was at the time. There was like this just drama stuff. And they felt like we were leaking stuff to the press about things. And it was like, mm, this is. And I didn't want to. She didn't want me another like blonde on stage. And I didn't want to dye my hair. So I was like in a wig. And I just was like kind of on. I remember like looking at myself. I'm on tour. And I'm, you know, backup dancing after kind of more being in the front and I'm in the back and they're like not very nice and um, have this wig on. And at one point I got an eye infection. I was like, my, I had like my eye got infected and I had like a sinus infection and you're like on a tour bus, like this tour They don't care, you're dancing. Yeah, I had like, and and it was like, (laughs) I I remember I had to wear like my glasses because I had contacts and an eye infection and I couldn't, and I couldn't not have my glasses like, glasses on and so i was on stage with like glasses and this big wig and i just was like who am i i don't even know like this is not me what am i doing with my life and and then i came back and that's when i started taking acting classes and um because of the bad experience you had you felt like i, I want to do something else well it just what wasn't me anymore like i wasn't this i've it's time for something new and um these tours are mostly designed for younger people young dancers who have a lot right so did you feel like i mean i was like 20 so that's pretty young yeah that's pretty young when you're doing it and you quit probably by the time you were 22 yeah wow um did you like it for a while did you like could you dance didn't you you go on tour or you did a video for lady gaga yeah i danced with lady gaga i bet she was cool she was cool i didn't like hang out with her or anything but she would come to rehearsals and and put the work in and she was like Lady Gaga all the time. I remember we doing the paparazzi music video and it was like four in the morning. We show up at the set and she shows up and it's like she's got like, I don't know, the, you know, she's full out 
already. She doesn't show up in sweatpants and like go get dressed and stuff. It was like she arrived. Lady Gaga has arrived, you know, and she hasn't even gotten into the Lady Gaga look yet. So I was like, but she's, you know, and she she worked hard and she really like showed up. She showed up. It was like, um, yeah. And I think that actually like I got called to go on tour with her and I had just started like my uh, my my two year Meisner program in North Hollywood. Sanford Meisner. Yeah. And and I was like, I can't go on tour because I am in, you know, theater school like i am in i am becoming an actor and was your agent like come on what are you talking about this is a big opportunity come on yeah because it was i mean for as a dancer it's like that's the the top but i look back at myself i'm like good on you like to like have that uh belief to like turn something like that down because I was like, no, I'm going to be an actor now. Like, well, maybe it's that that sort of decision making which makes you a good director, you know, to be able to say, no, I know this sounds so appealing, this, but it's not right. It's not right right now. This is what needs to be done. Yeah, I need to focus on this. So maybe that was it. What was the first acting gig you got? Mad Men. That was the first gig you got. Mm-hmm. That's the big show for your first gig. I remember going on to set and like. You know, kind of, I had no idea that, because my, my acting school was not like for camera. There was no, it was like more theater type, uh, just learning how to actually act and the craft of acting. And they, and I remember like, you know, kind of doing it and then coming back and there's like all this tape on the floor. And I'm like, like, what, like, what, why, why is, why is there tape? Why is the tape on the floor? <laughs> and they were like, those are your marks. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Meisner yeah. didn't teach me about marks. No, no, they didn't. No. Same too, where it was like, uh, you know, we were drinking or something. And they were like, oh, you need, you drank on this line. And I was like, oh, yeah, but like, oh. and they were like, you need to every time in the same. And I'm like, I have to do every time on the same line. Cause I was so just like, I'm real and I'm in the moment. Like there's no, it's a lot. It's, it's harder than it looks. It's like, you have to do all these things. Script supervisor keeps coming at you and go, yes, you drank at this line. Hey, you walked over here when he said this, your hand was open, not closed, you know? And so you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Fingers here. And then like, (laughs) and they're like, and then you switched it and then you're like, God damn it. Why did I move so much? (laughs) How about I just, the best take, just use fucking that. (laughs) It gets so frustrating. Yeah. Cause and you do it so many times and from all the different angles and. Was it something that you, but did you love it enough? And obviously you loved it enough that you wanted to keep doing it. Oh, I loved it when I was even studying it. I, I loved it. Um, what was it? What, what is it about acting that you really love? I think I liked the, I, I got to feel things. I got to feel everything, anything and everything, good or bad. And I, I don't, not to say like, like I'm an emotional person, but I'm, I'm very, I'm pretty in control of a lot of my emotions in life. And um can be quite even keeled and things um and with acting it's like the i love the up and downs uh of of getting to feel things that you might not get to feel in life and and in in a safe place to do it where you're not like destroying destroying your life Mm -hmm. by uh emotionally losing it um and i think for me acting always was the the my favorite part is when you're when you surprise yourself when you don't know what you're doing so like you're you're in a scene and some the way you respond is you surprise yourself and that being able to like the unpredictability of that and just the things like coming up it's like Ooh, where did that come from and right. it's like that and which is kind of you know what i learned to in acting class you're doing scenes like that all the time and then when you're you're working in like television it's rare you get to kind of those are very special moments when you get to have scenes like that do you still take acting class you know i i took in um a like my last break i i did um and then i i want to do another one um and I've been actually looking for a teacher and I've been reading like a few people's books and trying to find like what's what feels good. Because also like when you start to have your own way, I after I started working, and I got back into a regular scene study class. I didn't like it 
because, but it maybe was just this one, but it was very, it was competitive. And like the teacher encouraged this, like, uh, I don't know. Competitiveness. Competitiveness um, on and off the stage. And you didn't like that. No, I didn't like that. Uh, it just, it, it was like, there was a safe place. And then she was taking away that safe place. And, um, and when they, when, when a teacher tries to like shape you into what they, they want. Um, but it's like, you're, you know, you need to always have that humble openness of a beginner. And you, if you close off to like things, you, you don't get better, but there's some, you can get shaped in a way that is not, you know, kind of what you want. So it's like finding that balance and making sure you're with the teacher that helps with that. Yeah. Do you get nervous still? Do you get nervous auditioning? Do you get nervous on set playing a character before you start going? Is there always the nerves going or is it something that you can put aside and just focus on the work? Um, on legends, I don't get nervous anymore. Uh, not at all. Acting. No. Cause also it's like I, there you, you, you've, You've got it. You you could do it again and again, and you know this character, uh, and I know this character. Um, but auditions, yes, and I think you know when I go on my next project and I'm playing a different character, I'm sure I'll be. I'm sure I'll be. Every actor nervous. is right before they get a part. They're always nervous as shit. I hear from the biggest actors, and then once they do a take or something, just get it out. <sighs> Then they could kind of relax, but they're all everybody's the same. You just want to impress. You want to be good. You want to be on it. And I fucking hate nerves. Yeah, and it I doesn't just want help to be. I, it doesn't. It doesn't. Some people say it does. It gives you that energy. Gives you that drive. But for me, it's debilitating sometimes. It's too much. And just ultimately, it's like just fucking listen. Listen to the other actor, which is something we all forget. Yeah. But when when it comes down to it, that's the number one thing. Just listen to the other person, and bounce off that person. Yeah. They talk about that with improv. They talk about that with acting. But I found that if I, when I'm not listening, forget it. You're talking to a, a, a beginning actor. I'm just, I could be really kind of like winging it, but it doesn't seem connected. And sometimes I've had like, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And the other actor goes, are you listening to me? And I go, fuck, do another take. I got this. Just forgetting that I wasn't really listening. I was thinking of my shit. Yeah. Do you deal with that ever? Um. I mean, for sure, for sure. I think we, everybody does. Um, and I think, yeah, I'll notice that sometimes where or you're working with an actor and it's like they have something that is a response to what you say and then like they repeat it, but they repeat it as written, not how you said it. And you're like, you're not listening. Not they, Or they, or were the night before they were in front of the mirror running their lines and this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to say it. And they don't realize by, but it changes by the way, you, you know, you respond to other, you, by responding to what the other actor is giving you. That's why I really like Meisner because it's all about, it's all about that. It's the pinch, ouch, like uh, nothing, yeah. you you don't do anything unless something makes you do it and everything is off the other person. And I actually, I went into, I think it was season six or something with, and I had all my like acting icons and things on my trailer wall and you know and it was the whole thought of all of those things where it's like you don't do anything until something the other person makes you do something and nothing not self-generated and and then I the first scene that I come on and to do they're like okay but like um we need your eyeliner tight so like don't actually look at the actor and we need to, and it was like, okay. Uh, and all of these things that were just stripping away everything that you're- uh, Used to doing. Or or that make you feel like you're, it's real and it's right. in the moment. And because so much of acting is where you're like, okay, now I'm, I, there's a, a dragon and it's flying and I'm, I'm looking at it. And it's like, you're not looking at anything. There's nothing actually there. And you're having to self-generate things. And so it can be hard to kind of- keep that balance that is hard um especially do you have to deal with a lot of that on legends like seeing things that uh, oh this is gonna how it's gonna be this is gonna be the cgi thing and you guys gotta react to it and just trusting do you, is there a lot of that yeah oh yeah for sure do you hate that um yeah yeah i think so it's it's just harder it's so much easier when you have anything even if like they give a laser pointer 
like that moves is like, thank you so much. Cause it's like, everyone's trying to like have matching eye lines and, and the same with, with directors where like, you're like, please talk me through it. G yeah. Give me something, you know? See, I think I would be that guy. I would be like, it's, it's just this, it's just a giant dragon in the sky. Follow that light. And it's, the fire comes out of its mouth and it's fucking just, would you hate that? No, that's what you want. Okay, good. Because I, I felt like I, was, I would good, annoy you. But some, some directors that if they don't, some directors it's where they're, and they're like, you're scared. And now, and it's like, and you're like, don't, I don't, it's, so true. That, it's, it's better to be like, Wah! and you're like, uh, have anything, anything to react to. Right. Do you get, I want to know this. Cause no, I've never asked this one on anybody like Brandon, Ralph, Steven, when you do the multiverse, when you do flash, Batwoman, um, legends, mm -hmm. arrow, you get the picture. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you get paid for extra when you go on the flash you get paid for as an it's an episode of an episode of the flash mm -hmm. so if you're doing an episode of arrow and at the same time you're going to do an episode of the flash their eighth episode and you're on your 15th you're getting paid for a full episode on flash and a full episode on arrow that's dope yeah, yeah. how many episodes do you cross over a, a year well we don't do them anymore really you don't i think flash did something uh this year but the the big crossovers yeah they're but done. how many did you do would you say crossovers did you do well i mean in one year i what there was one year where i was on arrow flash legends supergirl and batwoman i think so how many episodes if you added all those episodes up how many would there be so like smallville let's say there's 22 episodes but if i did arrow and i did this ultimately i did 40 episodes of television you, you mean in like a season or in a season yeah, uh, I mean, this year it was like I didn't do any other ones, but that that season, I, however many we did on Legends, say it was sixteen plus another five. It's you know, so it does helps those numbers for sure. Wow, did you like doing the Arrowverse? Did you like doing all that stuff crossing over? Um, well, do I? So the crossovers, not Arrow. Crossovers, yeah. I, I'm not the most articulate when it comes to that stuff. The yeah, I I mean, it was fun. It was fun to go on other shows and see how their shows work and see the work with the other actors for sure. But sometimes it sucked because there's just too many people and you're like an, and it feeling like an extra cause you're just there and you're like, maybe say one line, you know, and it's, yeah. um, if, but they're fun. Yeah. If you had to name your top five actors that you've worked with on these shows, who would it be? Who's the first person you think of? You just love working with it. Is it no disrespect to anybody else. You love everybody. But if you just like, oh my God, this person has just become a, 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 a real close friend. Or I just love, there's something about working with this person. Nick, Nick Zano. I, he's just like, he's just such a gem of a person. I really like the way, I really, I just like the way that his mind works, you know? And he's such a, He's just a sweet, really sweet person. I really like Nick. Cool. Yeah. How long is is will Legends last? Well, I don't know. We don't. Uh, the they just announced early pickups for a few of the shows, and Legends wasn't one of them. Are so, you concerned, or do you do you care? Um. Yeah, I care. It's interesting. Like in in the beginning, in the first after like season two or something, it was it was so hard and like pretty miserable um that and i like wanted off i didn't want to do it anymore why was that we were literally working 14 hour camera days yeah. almost every single day and they we were not very well taken care of um the it was like la there was nobody from la no writers no producers anybody up in vancouver so they had no idea what was the conditions were like on set and we had a, a few actors at the time that really did not want to be there. Um, and mm, there was everyone in, in Vancouver was not in charge. They weren't, they, they had to just get it done, like what LA says to do. Right. And so then the people that were actually there and could see what was going on didn't have the power to Change make it. changes or, right. and like they were just beholden. And so, it and then there was a lot of like just 
it it wasn't very good. And then the LA started sending people up, like a writer up, and to make that bridge. And then we got a producing director, um, and that helped a lot. Um, I don't remember where I was going with that. Yeah, just oh, in the, terms of- the pickup was. Right, oh, and so, if I wanted it to go. Yeah, exactly, if you wanted it to go. Um, but now it everything is, is... Worked out. Yeah, everything is... It's much more... Um, the working conditions are good. All the relations are good. Everyone gets along, has a really nice time. Um, we like the writing a lot. Uh, it's a family. Yeah, and, and we were proud of the show. You know, I think there's times, yeah. too, where we didn't like... It was like, oh, what are we doing? And... We, the show is its own identity and it's, you know, the writing's good. Everything is, it's fun. Um, so I, I would love for it to go for another season. Cause also I think it sucks to end it like that. Right. Um, after so, so many episodes and, you know, such a long time and CW is, you know, historically always told a show when it's on its last season so that you can do it justice and, and wrap it up and give it a, a proper, you know, ending. Yeah. And I I think everything's there's like you know there's the CW they're selling the CW so that's changing things and um, but I really would love to do another season to like you know end it properly I want it to and, and that's it's, cool that you feel like that a lot of people are like oh we've done enough we're like you know I'm done at the end of seven, seven seasons of Smallville I was like ah, yeah what else could I do I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I don't want. I want to go off and do something else. I've done this. I did this. I my contract's over. I want to, you know. But to say, yeah, I'm ready to go back. That's that's kind of cool. And I, I think too is because I'm directing it. Also, it's yeah, like a, I don't know. I want to go back. I want to take what I've learned from directing on a different show over there. And um, I think it's different too. When the, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you you feel like you they respect you. The powers that be respect you, and there's something really important i mean that's incredibly important i never really felt that i just felt like you know you're a, you're gun for hire and i just never felt that love from the crew and cast i did but from you know i just never felt there's something so like demoralizing about it when you don't and that's in the beginning i felt like that too right and it's like and and there's just this feeling of like they're pushing on you that you have no power and like you are going to do what we say and it's very yeah, it's that. That's and not you, a good feeling. You, like you said earlier, well, you just don't have control. Mm-hmm. It's you have no control over what's going on. Stephen Amell, I asked him about you. Oh, what can you tell me about Katie? She is the OG mask wearer in the Arrowverse, the original gangster. Please tell her to move to Austin. What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, I I just went to Austin actually this weekend. Um, I've lived in LA for a very long time now, and I mean I'm a SoCal girl, but I. Lately, I've just been feeling like I kind of want a change and I want an influx of like new, new people, new. I, I mean, I, I love my my best friends and most of my friends are here. So that's the only hard part. But but a change of pace, a different atmosphere, something. And I want to be a little more removed from the industry, I think. Like I, I want I love the creating in the industry, but I think it can become an echo chamber of of things and less you know, new ideas and new inspiration um, when you're just in it all the time and that's all you know. Right. So I've kind of exploring the idea of maybe like going on a, some feeling a call to adventure. All right. Uh, Lastly, this is, this is shit talking with Katie lots. This is the, these are the fans. Okay. Rapid fire. You just answer them. If you don't want to answer them, you don't have to, but this is, these are my patrons. I love you guys. Go to patreon.com slash inside of you to become a, a, a patron and support the podcast. I appreciate it. You get to ask these questions. Uh, Raj, what were some of the non-acting jobs you had to take on while trying to get your career going? I, I was a dance teacher. You were? Yeah. A dance teacher. Did you like it? Um, yeah, I did. For how old? How old people? Old, older? No, younger. Younger kids, little kids. How older were people? Older people? <laughs> Younger. But I, I started uh, dancing, like, in getting jobs as a dancer when like my when I was 17. So I was able to financially support myself through that mostly um, or fully. Zach P., what was, has been your favorite thing about playing Sarah Lance? I, I mean, it's, her evolution is, is so cool. And I think uh, being able to go 
go on such a journey with this character for different things and um especially being able to get her like I I loved being seeing her become happy too is really nice and uh yeah I guess the evolution cool Michelle K what's the biggest challenge you're facing right now that's a tough that's a great question Michelle K yeah Michelle K um I mean, I my life's pretty good at the moment. Like if you ask me, knock on wood. Knock on wood. I I think I I went through a really hard time, as probably most did, like at the beginning of the COVID. Aside from COVID, um, and have come out of that much better than than ever bef- before. Um, so I'm f- feeling in a pretty good place. But I guess my what's my biggest challenge? Um. Maybe leaving LA <laughs> could be one of them. I don't know. That's a tough question. Sometimes when questions are really good, I'm like, I got to really, really like think about it and yeah. have a, a good answer. But I guess on a smaller s- sense, trying to get some um, schedule, like a routine in into my life, uh, a healthy routine, because I've... I've just been so on the go. I'm never in one place for a long t- like time to be able to get healthy habits. And I'd like that's that's a big challenge for me right now. Yeah. Like, what do you do for your well-being? What do you do? do you, are you a big uh, advocate for exercise and activity? I mean, what, do you, what is it you do to keep your mind straight? Um, so I journal. That's like a big one every morning, a journal. And for how long? However long I feel like. Sometimes I write like a paragraph. Sometimes I write like three pages. Wow. Um, but and it's just like dumping things. But I, I think I I think it's really important to take some time to reflect on your life and and think about your life because if not, it'll just go in a direction. And you have to take aim. Like you have to curate your life. Uh, and I think. Journaling is something that really helps me feel like I'm active in being a creator of of my life and how it's going and and who I am. And I think a lot of times we just get swept up in in the momentum of things, and the next thing you know, it's like a year has gone by and or ten years or ten years. <laughs> and have you done what you wanted to do? Or are you you know going in a direction you want to go? Are you the person that you want to be? And that was a big one for me learning when I was going through that hard time is like the, if you, you can be whoever you want to be, like just start doing the things that that person would do. Like you want to be the person who works out every day, then just work out every day. Like just do it, like start doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It takes one step at a time. It sounds so cliche, but like you have to start somewhere. It sounds so overwhelming when you're like, I have to do this. I have to lose weight. I have to do. Yes, if you think about the whole thing, but tomorrow or right now, do it. Go for a walk. Do It's those little things that just add up, add up to get you where you want to go. Small, manageable goals. Yeah. But you just do them. And like the more you do them, the like the smaller things, you're like, oh, okay. And then you're proud of yourself. You feel good about yourself. You know, you feel good about who you are. And that yeah. gives you more strength to do even more things. Last question. Uh, Nico, what do you consider to be your acting uh, role model? Who? Whose career you'd like to emulate a little bit? Hmm. First person that comes to mind. Charlize, uh, Charlize Theron. Am I even saying her last yeah, name? Yeah, Charlize yeah. Theron. Yeah. Strong woman, too. Very strong. Yeah, and does like a nice mix of big blockbustery things yeah. and also like incredible indie um indie films. Are you gonna direct features? Do you wanna direct features? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what you want, you wanna transition into that. I yeah, I think there's a, a creative freedom and like that you get in a total world building that you, you get to do with with a film and, and the time to like really really like craft and curate it um and have that yeah control 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 what song was that who sang that janet control you don't know that ryan janet jackson that's because he's really young although you're young yeah but janet jackson yeah janet jackson 
It's the mustache, Ryan. I think it's the mustache. He just trimmed that. I know down. Florence Welch. We could talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know her. Uh, this has been great. Thanks for being so open and honest and, and just really cool. I mean, I had a really good time talking to you. This is cool. Yeah. Thanks. It was yeah. nice talking to you, too. Thanks. There you have it. Another episode in the can. In the can. I hope you enjoyed it again. If you really like this episode and you enjoyed listening to Katie, I urge you to stick around next week. Give the podcast a chance. We're always trying to get new listeners, new people to come on board and uh, spread the word, spread the gospel, mm -hmm. if you will. You know, uh, it's important. So, again, our handles are at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter. Um, Ryan, you got anything going on? I mean, I'm just traveling a lot finally. You are traveling a lot. Yeah. You're going to be exhausted. I am. Are you going to be grumpy when you come back? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not either. I hope I get a little, uh, get a little respite, get a little clarity, see a little different part of the world that's not my apartment. Yeah, you're going to Ireland. Uh, not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah, France, England, Spain. Wow. Trying to pack it all in in one. Pack it all in. It might be too much fun. That might be too much fun. Yeah. I think you're going to have a great time, but I think you are going to be exhausted. Oh, yeah. About a week into vacation, I'm kind of like, I want to go back home. I just what? want my bed. I want clean clothes. <laughs> I want a hamburger. <laughs> just want my own shit. You can man. get that anywhere. Yeah, I guess you, well, you sort of can. Well, almost anywhere. It's probably a, a Parisian, a Parisian um, uh, hamburger is probably expensive. But it's tasty, though. But it's tasty. Like French bread. Brioche bun. Brioche bun. Ooh. Ooh. La la. <laughs> hey, check out the Inside of You online store if you want some cool merch. We got Funko Pops of Lex Luthor and scripts signed and lunch boxes signed by Tom Welling and myself and a bunch of other stuff. Tumblers, Inside of You merch, blah, blah. And I forgot to say in the... Well, maybe I did because we'll do it again. But join Patreon, um, my lovable patrons. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash inside of you, they uh, support the podcast in many ways. There's different tiers. I send merch boxes, blah, blah, blah. Check it out. I'll send you a message after you join. Uh, patreon.com slash inside of you. So I think we should get right into it. We should get into the top tier patrons. Let's do it. Let's do it, Ryan. Let's do it. Here we go. Give them shout outs. Nancy D, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H. I just saw Brian H at the uh, OMD concert. I went to a concert, OMD Orchestral Maneuvers in the Night. I touch you once. I touch oh, you different. twice. I got the shirt on. You got the shirt. And I saw Brian H. Good to see you, Brian. Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Kristen K, Raj C, Joshua D, CJ. P. Jennifer N, Stacey L, Jamal F, Janelle B, Kimberly E. Uh, Mike E. Eldon Supremo, 99 more. Ramiro, San Diego M. Chad. D. W. W is correct. <laughs> Leanne P. Maya P. Maddie S. Belinda N. Chris H. Dave H. Sheila G. Brad D. Ray H. Tabitha T. Tom N. Liliana A. Talia M. Betsy D. Hi, Betsy. Hi, Chad L. Rochelle. Marion. Meg K. Trav. L. Dan. Um, I don't remember. L. Close. M? Closer. N? <laughs> yes, it's Dan N. Big Stevie W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Super. Sam. Dev. Nexon. Michelle A, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Gavinator, David C, John B, Brandy D, Yavor. Yavor. I met Yavor. I met Yavor at a, a con. Oh, nice. Sweet man. Oh, nice. Yavor, it was a pleasure meeting you. Met him at a convention. Camille S, The C, Joey M, Willie F, David H, Omar I, Design OTG, our good friends Eugene and Leah, Chris P, Nikki G, Corey, Nicole, Patricia, Heather L, Jake B, James B, Bobbitt, Joshua B, Tony G, Megan T, Mel S, Orlando C, John B, Caroline R, Rob E, Paul C, Christine S, yes, 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 Christine S. Christine S. I just want to keep saying it. Sarah S. Eric H. Spring. Jennifer R. Shane. Shane spelled S-H-A-Y-N-E. I've seen it. Shane R. Emma R. Mark M. Jeremy V. Andrew M. Robert G. And this is a difficult one. Z-A-T-O-I-C-H-I-77. A new one. Zatoichi? Zatoichi? 77? If I messed your name up, I apologize, but I love you. 
You're awesome. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. I'm sure you'll send me a message saying this is how you pronounce it. But, I mean, how the hell would I know how to pronounce that? But I'm glad you're with us. Uh, again, thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it today. I, I don't have too much to say I felt like today in today's podcast. It just it was, you know, it's just like, hey, let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's listen. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I know some people say, oh, you seem a little like, you, I don't know. There's You didn't have much to say. You weren't your jovial self. But I, I am. I'm just a little tired. I went to that concert last night, and I just feel like let the episode speak for itself. You can't be on all the time. That's you can't ridiculous. be, man. It's, it's hard to be. I mean, could you imagine though if I was just like this? Hey, um, so Ryan, um, yesterday I was. Uh, huh. I don't think anybody would want to listen if they heard me like that. So that's why I pick it up a little bit. See, <laughs> that's why I talk like that. That's why I, you know, but I am me. I am myself. Damn it! I love you guys. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you. Thank you for. Um, choosing our podcast our podcast inside of you with michael rosenbaum as your podcast this week continue to listen follow uh and i thank you from myself michael rosenbaum in the hollywood hills of california i'm ryan tays over here also in the hollywood hills of california <laughs> that's correct a little wave to the camera ryan hey guys be good to yourselves please be good to yourselves you are all you've got really at the end of the day all right we'll see you Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.